I'm Dr. Sarah Hales Britton. I'm Luke Patrick. And I'm Sam Siegel. And this is Greased Lightning, a podcast where we talk about myths and movies. And I try not to gouge my eyes out at the movies that I have chosen for us to watch for this. <laughs> Good change hey to the intro. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It it had to be said for this one, I think. <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah. Um and and you inflicted this on yourself, which is uh kind of the, the nice part. Yeah, yeah, I, I made guess. this I made this list. So uh mm-hmm. it, I I have to apologize to you guys, but I also have to apologize to myself for what we have gone through for this episode. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, apologizing to yourself is much harder. Mm-hmm. It's so much harder to come to terms with the things you've done to yourself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, but, but yeah. So, uh, th- as is, I'm sure, obvious by this point, <laughs> we did watch 2010's Clash of the Titans. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and Sarah, what's your relationship with this version <laughs> of Clash of the Titans? <laughs> oh, this is a shameful story. So, uh, this. My only excuse, really, for this is um, the foolishness of youth. Um, mm-hmm. So this movie came out the summer that we all graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I knew coming out of high school and going into college that I wanted to study classics. Um, so I was excited about uh, a movie about myth. I was excited about a, a reboot of Clash of the Titans, of the old Clash of the Titans, because mm-hmm. I love it so much. Uh, and again, foolishness of youth. I thought a, a reboot would be good. Um, so there was that. And I also, like, I was excited about the myths, but I hadn't actually studied them yet. So uh, I was really into this movie for a few years. Uh, <laughs> really? As oh, mentioned no. previously, I owned it on DVD. Um, yeah. And then I, then I actually did take myth courses mm-hmm. and uh, had a few years off from this movie and so uh yeah coming back to it is a uh, pretty uncomfortable <laughs> mm. okay so i i just want to make sure that i didn't just like go into a fucking fugue state for a second <laughs> so it, if i understand correctly when you first saw this movie you said yes yes thank you all of this this is what I needed in, uh, in in my corporeal form, my soul, my brain, <laughs> all of it. And then you ostensibly saw it again, and you said, yes, still, I am hanging <laughs> tough with this. <laughs> Can you pinpoint the exact moment when you were taking a, a classics course, I assume in undergrad, and went, fuck. <laughs> I'm so ashamed. Um... No, I can't really. Um, I think, you know, this is one of those movies that it's like, it's very easy for it to go sort of in one ear and out the other. And so Uh there was a lot that like, I didn't necessarily retain. I remembered like Mm -hmm. the feeling of enjoying watching it. Um, And so it was more like I I had several years of like, you know, learning the myths and then like reading various ancient texts that mm-hmm. sort of reference these myths and so they they all sort of you know were were rolling around in my head and then after you know several years after that watching it again and going oh shit <laughs> okay okay boy yeah. you know ignorance is bliss mm-hmm. yeah yeah had either of you guys seen this before i can't remember no no not even not even so much as a trailer on this one so yeah I, I may have seen a trailer. I was aware of its existence, um, but uh, never before has it graced my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even say that much. I don't think I knew this one existed until I saw it on the list, uh, and then I was shocked to discover yeah. as we watched it that there's a sequel to this one. So, yeah, just yeah. Whole, new, whole new worlds opening up before my eyes, and I'm very scared. Mm-hmm. Um, I think based on what I've read, uh, I think you should be. Um, mm. I I have not seen the sequel. I didn't know there was a sequel either until we were you know gearing up to start this podcast. 
um, and discovered the sequel, which we're watching next time. Uh, apologies mm-hmm. to all three of us in advance. Um, <laughs> apparently, there the original plan was for a trilogy, but mm. the sequel got such terrible reviews that they scrapped the trilo- the third movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this one. This one's pulling at like 50%. I guess that wasn't enough to dissuade them. They were like, I don't Apparently know, 53%. Not. Totally fine well, on the tomatometer. I don't know. See, I wonder if they had these actors like locked in for a two movie contract or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess, man, I don't know because, yeah, it does get like a 53% on the tomatometer, which I surely they were like, I mean, it's above average. <laughs> and then I believe the second one I think the second one was like 26% on the mm. tomatometer. So this naturally I scientifically speaking my understanding is that the next movie will be half as good as this one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. is distressing. It's, and Sarah, it's can, yeah. Can I just tell you Luke and I watched this together and and we're getting a little far afield of what we normally do, but <laughs> just real quick, Luke and I watched this together. We finished the movie, and then I I told Luke that you know we were watching the sequel next week, and I wish I could bottle how despondent he looked. <laughs> it was shocking news. Shocking to discover that they made an additional one of these. That yes. they, they made this and then said, you know what? Let's go again. Let's make it we happen want this, again. We want more of this. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like it's like telling like a child that like Santa hates you and also never existed. And it's just like punishing. Uh, I'm so Luke, sorry, Luke. Oh. Luke was so broken that he just said, well, I guess I'm going to go home now. <laughs> and just left. Oh, my God. Yeah, there wasn't much left to do uh, or say after we finished yeah. this flick. Uh, just sort of yeah. had to walk home. That was the only thing mm-hmm. remaining on my to-do list was go home. Um, yeah. <laughs> and just to sort of satisfy my curiosity, Luke how long did that walk home feel? Hmm. Well, it it felt about uh, I'd say about a half marathon. Probably not the full <laughs> marathon, but a cool half marathon just to get back. Um, gotcha. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, all I can all I can say is that uh, there are actually good movies coming. Nice. Um, we've we got to get through these couple of weeks, but there are some decent ones on the way. <laughs> okay. I Hell see. Yeah. I can hang tough for that. Yeah. yeah. There's also some shit ones on the way, but <laughs> we're sure, not going to think yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so Sarah, can you tell us uh, anything about the myth in, in this movie? I can, I can. Okay. So uh, the main story, you know, Perseus and Andromeda, we talked about last time. That, for mm-hmm. the most part, that is pretty much the same in this movie. They make some tweaks. Um, mm-hmm. But we didn't really talk much about Gorgons last time, so I want to talk a little right, bit about yes. Gorgons and about Medusa. And then they also introduced this new character of Io in the 2010 mm-hmm. version. So I want to mm-hmm. tell you the actual story of Io. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Uh, and uh, we we normally don't do this, but I feel like since I have two stories this time and both of them involve rape, I should just like go ahead and say like a little content warning if you don't want to listen to me talk about a couple of rape stories. Um, maybe just skip ahead uh, to where we talk about the movie because um, this is like not particularly great and pleasant um yeah yeah so with that <laughs> lovely <laughs> lovely uh lead-in um let's talk yeah. about gorgons first um so in in both clash of the titans right perseus's um main task is to uh kill medusa to get her head so that he can rescue andromeda right mm-hmm. um yeah so he's got to and they 
they make it out like Medusa is the only Gorgon um, in these movies. Um, Medusa was the only mortal Gorgon. She used to be a human woman. But there were two other Gorgons who were immortal. They were Titans, um, descended from Titans. Um, Mm. And their their siblings included other scary monsters of the Greek world, uh, like the Hydra, the Chimera, um, Scylla of Odyssey fame, and um, actually the Gryi, the the three old witches with the one eyeball. Um, They're sisters of the immortal Gorgons. Hmm. Okay. That's yeah, uh, so it's, it's quite a family reunion if you get all yeah. of those folks together. <laughs> gonna it's, gonna it's have really a something. hard time catering that. Yeah, catering's yeah. gonna be a nightmare. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, it's a really interesting family. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, these um it was originally just these two immortal gorgons and then um when Medusa is transformed, she like goes and hangs out with them. And they're the three Gorgons hanging out together. Um, so uh, I'm going to send you guys a couple of pictures really quickly. Um, yes. of what These are Gorgons from 6th century BCE art. Ooh, okay. um, so one of these is a roof tile. And then the other one is a drinking cup. And so like this, the painting of the Gorgon is at the bottom of the cup. When you finish your wine, this is what you see. Um, mm. Mm. So, and then you're terrified? Yep, yep. So Gorgon <laughs> faces are really common in archaic Greek art. Um, and, and some scholars think that the the images were sort of influenced by um, the iconography and the stories of this Mesopotamian demigoddess, super scary lady named Lamashtu. Um, but they were often carved on or, or painted onto temples and roof tiles and, you know, even the drinking cups like we see here. Um, as an apotropaic symbol, which means that they were meant to ward off evil. Oh, okay. So these like really ugly, scary faces um, are supposed to be like scary even to evil spirits and you know bad mm. juju, or whatever the yeah. Greek equivalent of bad juju is. Um, okay. Yeah. So they um, they do gradually get less scary over time um, in mm-hmm. art, but this this is what archaic gorgons look like, and this is really common. Um, eventually this conception of the Gorgons as like beautiful, but dangerous comes into Mm -hmm. more common acceptance. And so then the scary faces kind of stop showing up. Um, but this is the original image of it. Um, I'm going to send you another picture here. Uh, and this is the other most common place that you will see, uh, a Gorgon face, uh, if you are looking at Greek art and that is on the aegis so uh in english we have this expression right if something is done under the aegis of a person or an organization mm-hmm. it means like under their protection or under their leadership right gotcha yeah uh, the ancient aegis is a symbol of power um that in this image that i've just sent you guys um this is athena and she's got this like goat skin that she's wearing across her chest and there's a gorgon head in the middle of the goat skin. Uh, so the this is the aegis. Um, it was either a goat skin or a shield. It sort of it can be depicted either way. Um, and mm-hmm. it's usually Athena wears it, right? She's a god of battle, so it's it's um, a symbol of power and protection for her. Um, there are some versions of uh, stories about the aegis where she gives it to Zeus. So then it becomes a symbol of like rulership and leadership and power. Um, in that way. Okay. Um, and it has the Gorgon head on it because when Perseus is done petrifying all of his enemies, he gives Medusa's head to Athena and she sticks mm. it on the Aegis, um, like to help protect herself basically. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So a uh, quick question yeah. about the Gorgons. Like, are they created by the Titans? Are they like children of the Titans? Like, They're, yeah, the immortal ones are children of the Titans. Um, okay, it's like a couple of river gods, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's so many Titans, you guys, and there's like every every river is personified as a god. You know, every um, there's lots and lots of water deities <laughs> in uh, Greek yeah. religion. So um, so yeah, I I think it was a couple of like ancient rivers. Um, but yeah, the, they're, you know, 
burst from a union of of titans um okay medusa on the other hand is just a mortal woman and her story is pretty sad um so she is this beautiful young woman um and she uh is raped by poseidon so poseidon sees her um and medusa uh obviously doesn't want to be with him so she runs away she like runs into athena's temple and um Mm -hmm. tries to claim sanctuary there and uh disregarding someone claiming sanctuary is a huge no-no uh mm-hmm. like we we talked about this with troy that like the when the greeks sacked troy they didn't respect you know people who had gone in and were like clinging to cult statues in the temple for protection right, yeah um they didn't you know they were they were raped and murdered in the temple and that's part of why the greeks were punished um poseidon himself doesn't respect this active claiming sanctuary though medusa runs mm-hmm. in there hoping for protection and poseidon rapes her anyway in the temple mm-hmm. um and athena is furious that this that her temple was defiled in this way mm-hmm. uh but as usual uh in antiquity and oftentimes now um the rage gets directed at the victim rather than the perpetrator um in this case it's partly because it's hard to punish a god <laughs> um mm-hmm. But this is also just very common in um, in myth that it's it's the the woman survivor who who bears the brunt of the punishment. So Athena is angry, and rather than try to punish Poseidon, she punishes Medusa by transforming her into a gorgon, into this monstrous creature um, with snakes for hair and like brass limbs and uh, as a gaze that will turn any living creature into stone. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's some people, and there's uh, even in this movie, there's the implication that um, Medusa specifically turns men into stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, that's the sources don't support that. That's not true. It's just that um, Medusa ever only ever petrified men because only men were stupid enough to go after her. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, that's uh, the whole like women are immune is not a thing. Um, any any living smart. creature, right? Exactly. Any living creature uh, is turned to stone uh, by her gaze, and it even it's sort of like this power sort of seeps out of her. So, um, in Ovid's version of this story of Perseus and Andromeda, after Perseus has um, turned the um, the sea monster to stone, he like gets a bed of seaweed and sets Medusa's head down on it so that he can go like mm-hmm. do other things, and her like power seeps out of her head onto the seaweed and turns the seaweed to stone. And when then Perseus like throws it back into the ocean, this is where coral comes from. Oh, okay. Which That's I think is fun. just adorable. Yeah. It's like one yeah. little happy thing out of this story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, she turns everybody into stone. Um, when she is beheaded, um, her immortal sister, Gorgons, try to kill Perseus in revenge, but they are not able to. He escapes, obviously. Um, so it's just it's back to just the two of them at that point. Um, we mentioned last time that when she's beheaded, she, uh, quote unquote, gives birth to Pegasus, um, the winged mm-hmm. horse, and also a human son, Um which are generally thought to be a result of her rape. And it's just a you know long delayed birth, basically. Uh, but they spring from her severed neck when she's beheaded. Um, and, so, and does yeah. her kid go on to do anything? Or is it just like kind of a happens and we don't follow up? As far as I know, it just happens. Um, I don't I don't know anything about her human kid. Um, OK. Other than that, he exists. So. Gotcha. Isn't that buck wild that in your mythology system, someone is birthed from the head of a gorgon, like the severed neck of a gorgon, and they're like, "Eh, who needs it? We well, we're not gonna follow up or make anything else of that. Like we've got enough shit going on <laughs> within our system. That, uh, <laughs> this is not the most remarkable thing happening right now. That is awesome. Well, I mean. Yeah. Luke, Perseus was made by Zeus doing some pee play with his yeah. mom. So. <laughs> yes, this is what I'm talking about. They have enough happening. Yeah. They're like, yeah, kid born out of a severed neck. He's fine. Whatever. That's all yeah, you need whatever. to do. It's true. It's yeah. true. And and Zeus 
births two of his children out of different body parts of his. Uh, so he eats Athena's mother and uh, when she's pregnant with Athena, and Athena then mm-hmm. bursts out of his head. And then um, yeah. with Dionysus, Dionysus is a god, but he's actually the son of a mortal woman. Um, he just, you know, gains full godhood later on. Um, but uh, when the mortal mother dies while pregnant with Dionysus, Zeus saves the fetus uh, mm-hmm. from her body, sticks it in his thigh for the rest of the gestation period. And Dionysus is then born out of Zeus's thigh. So, you know, the weird, weird, creepy birth stories abound. Yeah. yeah. So, now, does that also mean that for uh, a handful of months there, Zeus was walking around with just one dummy thick thigh? Yep, sure does. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Where's that statue? <laughs> No kidding. I also want one where Athena is like halfway out of his head, but like yes. the skin hasn't uh, burst yet. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So, uh, Jesus, uh, what movie is that from where it's like faces being pressed up against like uh, some sort of veil or some shit? I don't remember. Oh, this is not going. I don't know. Yeah, I can't help you there, bud. Is it Harry Potter where that kind of happens? I don't know, man. Almighty. I don't know. You've, this you've is going cast, nowhere fast. Yeah, you cast a lion and I can't bite it. I'm sorry, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, uh, something has been like wriggling around in my head for a while now. Um, how are... I guess I'm a little confused by the treatment of women in ancient Greece because it seems very confusing because they have like Greek goddesses who are like pretty pretty well respected and then mm-hmm. there seem to be like queens who mm-hmm. are respected and a lot of the plays like feature powerful women mm-hmm. but it also sounds like they were kind of treated like shit all the time and I'm I yep. don't understand it. Yep. So that's that's just it. <laughs> that's how it works. Uh, yeah. Um, huh. I I think the the way that it normally gets explained is that um, like women women in power in plays or in myths uh, or even you know the occasional queen who rules on her own very occasional queen I should say mm-hmm. very occasional. Um, these are sort of treated as acceptable because they are exceptions. Mm. So, mm, uh, okay. like, like Athena, you know, being a, a god of battle and of wisdom and, like, all of these traits that are usually associated with men in the ancient world, um, mm-hmm. she's a divinity first and female second. She can do what she wants because she's a god, basically. Okay. You know? Okay. Um, and uh, queens get away with certain things because they are queens. Uh, but they're, you know, the lines that they would have to cross in order for people to, like, remove them from power, those lines are a lot closer in than they would be for kings. Um, there okay. are women who, you know, step out of the bounds of what is normally acceptable in place. Um, but it's often, oftentimes they do that because there's some sort of family reason that's forcing them to do that. Like, in order to save some save their husband or their children, right, or somebody in their family they have to step outside of the their like private sphere and go into the public. Um, but it's it's for a private reason, right? So that sort gotcha. of justifies it. And then when it's done, they're supposed to go back home. They're not supposed mm. to stay out there. Okay. So yeah, it's um it's it's sort of like a like a safety valve almost um, a social mm-hmm. safety valve, you know, like. Uh, watching a play about these women or hearing stories about them, uh, telling stories about them as a way to sort of blow off steam and uh, like sort of put yourself in that situation and imagine how great it would be to be able to break out and do these things. Um, And then you have less uh, urge to do it in your own daily life because you've sort Mm -hmm. of let off that steam in a safe way. there's a lot of arguments that Roman comedy functioned the same way um, for the broader mm-hmm. for broader society. So um, I think that's kind of what it is. But yeah, it is. There's a lot of <laughs> conflicting messages, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's a mess. <laughs> okay. All yeah. right. 
Yeah. Uh, okay, and then I I have to ask this. Okay. Um, I don't know why it's important to me, but I do want to know were the Greeks like did they value like big dingers the way that we do? Because I don't recall why I was thinking about this during the movie. Luke, maybe you can remind me. Well, but... yes, it was because uh, we were debating whether or not he had a large dinger, which is what happens when we watch these movies together. Yeah. Um, okay. And then you raised the very valid point. Well, we don't know that ancient Greeks valued large dingers, so maybe that wouldn't yeah. be a good thing if he was hung like Pegasus. So... Right. Yeah. And, um... and like... I I think I remember seeing like nude statues where uh, the the pebis is not particularly impressive. Yeah, so um, the s- smaller was better for the Greeks. Hmm. Um, Wild. Yeah, I know. I know. Large penises were associated with like satyrs, which are these creatures that are like half goat, half man. They follow around Dionysus. They cause all kinds of trouble. They're like um, sort of sexually um promiscuous isn't the word but like they're basically sex addicts like they they will attack mm. and rape like anything and anyone oh so aggressive and so it's Ooh. it's associated with like going way outside like your what's socially acceptable um mm-hmm. smaller dicks are associated with like self-control and intelligence and like being the best sort of like Greek citizen man that you can be, uh, you know, being good at whatever like type of work it is that you do. Um, small, smaller was better for them. So yeah, uh, Perseus would not phenomenal. have had a large. Uh, Perseus would not have had a, a big dinger. Okay, so he would have <laughs> he would have been going to the witches and he would have been saying. Is it small enough, please? Yeah. Oh, okay. that's what it was. Yes, we were postulating that he would go, because uh, Io says, like, only ask what you need to know or something. And so Sam immediately was like, is my dick big enough? Um. <laughs> Inquiring minds need to know. Need to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Man, huh. that yeah, is he, fascinating. He Mm-hmm. Now, was Priapus, is that a Greek fella or is that a Roman? That's a Roman fella. I love that you know who okay. Priapus is. Uh, he's Sarah. fucking How terrifying. How I not know who Priapus is? That's true. That's true. <laughs> he's, Priapus is fucking terrifying. He is awful. <laughs> <laughs> we read this, and, and it's again, it's like, uh, I'm, I'm glad, and now I'm really glad we did like a little content warning at the beginning of this, because um, Priapus is one of those gods that like, people would put up statues of him in their gardens um, and Mm -hmm. in orchards, right? He was supposed to be sort of a protector of the natural world. Well, the way he protected the natural world was to rape people who like did bad things to nature. Oh no. Jesus. Uh, Yeah. Jesus Christ. There's collections of poems about Priapus called the, um, well, I can't remember what they're called, Uh, (laughs) but we read a couple of them in uh, one of my Latin classes in grad school and they're like really violent really off and it's like it was supposed to be funny it's like it's done the, these poems are done in a way where like you're supposed to be like laughing and joking with priapus like maybe laughing kind of nervously uh mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's supposed to be like oh i this guy trampled my vine so i butt raped him ha 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 isn't this great like it's Woof. it's real Woof, crazy man <laughs> so if yeah. like a if like a shitty dude bro wrote a poem mm-hmm yeah. Uh, God damn. See, I just, I just thought he weighed things against his eternally hard penis, but I mean, he uh, probably also does that. <laughs> I just, I remember in a, I think it was a human sexuality textbook that there's like this painting of him with this just massive, uh, uncomfortably hard penis yeah. on like a scale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was something about how he like weighed it against something else. I mean, I believe it. I they've, uh, they've I didn't failed very to much mention about him. They failed to mention the hmm. 
Yeah. I guess more publicly challenging yeah. aspect of, of him. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. When he's just like a garden god with an enormous schlong, yeah. it's pretty funny. Yeah, um, but but when yeah. he's a criminal. Yeah. 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 It's, it's less fun. Yeah. So you had something about Io? I did. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> speaking of things that are funny but also awful, uh-huh. <laughs> we got to talk about Io. <laughs> so um, once again, Ovid's Metamorphoses is like the most common place where you hear Io's story. Um, but the older version um, in Greek is from this work called The Library that I mentioned last time that was written mm-hmm. by this guy who may or may not have been named Apollodorus. Um, and records a bunch of different myths and genealogies of gods and things like that. Um, so, uh, and, and she also shows up in this 5th century play called Prometheus Bound, which we'll talk more about in just a second. Um, but the general story is that Io was a priestess of Hera in Argos, mm-hmm. which, as we will remember, Argos is where um, Perseus's parents are from, right? Or his mother. Right. Um, so Io is a priestess of Hera. Um, and Zeus tries to seduce her. Um, she, there's different versions. There's some versions where she kind of goes willingly. Um, and then there's other versions where she's having dreams, um, about Zeus trying to seduce her. And she tells her dad Mm -hmm. and having these really creepy dreams. Uh, and her dad goes to an Oracle to try to figure out what the deal is, um, and finds out what's happening. He's afraid that if he like tries to protect Io, that like everyone will be destroyed, so he kicks her out of the house um, oh, and basically naturally. says, you're on your own with this one. Uh, so I was raped by Zeus. Um, but Hera figures out that something is going on. So Zeus transforms Io into this beautiful white cow in order to disguise her. Okay. Uh, and this is where I always start hearing um, the emperor's new groove. Hey, I've been turned into a cow. Can I go home? <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, so yeah, she's turned into a cow, uh, and Hera sees through this, uh, she's like 99% sure that that cow is actually a girl, and she's like, oh, what a beautiful cow, where did you find it? And Zeus is like, oh, it just, uh, sprung up from the earth here, and she's like, well, can I have it? (laughs) And, uh, he wants to protect Io, because Hera is famous for, like, viciously punishing the human women that Zeus sleeps with or rapes um, viciously punishes them. So Zeus doesn't really want to hand her over, but if he doesn't, it's going to look super suspicious and she's going to know for sure that the cow is Io. Mm -hmm. So he says, okay, he gives, he gives her the Io cow. Um, But Hera of course knows. So she, uh, she sets this monster Argus to watch over Io and like keep track of her. Because he doesn't want, she doesn't want Zeus coming back for, for more, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so Argus, this all-seeing monster, he's he's got multiple eyes. Um, and the stories range from like four to 100 eyes just on his head or all over his body, you know. Okay. Um, the point is, uh, some of his eyes are sleeping sometimes, some of them are awake, but there's always at least some eyes awake to keep track of her. Gotcha. Um, so she's got this monster watching over her. Um, and... Zeus feels terrible. He sends Hermes down to kill the monster, which Hermes does. Um, so then Harris inflicts a gadfly on the cow, Io, uh, which is basically a big horsefly that, like, bites livestock. Um, oh. It's super uncomfortable. So Io is just being, like, bitten in the ass over and over and over. And she, like, in trying to get away from this fly and, like, the just the general torment of being a cow, uh, mm-hmm. she just like wanders the earth. She wanders like the whole known world. And this is where she like uh, runs into Prometheus. Prometheus has been uh, chained to a rock in the Caucasus mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in the play Prometheus Bound, uh, he's he's chained up at the beginning. And then like various characters from myth come by and are like, hey, what's up Prometheus? What happened to you? And uh, Io is one of those people who shows up um, in cow form. Uh, and gets a little lecture from Prometheus about what's going to happen to her later on in her life. Um, and eventually, she comes to Egypt. The fly drives her all the way from Argus, all the way around uh, the Aegean Sea, to Egypt. Jesus. 
And at this point, finally, Zeus says, haven't you had enough, Hera? Can we stop with this? And Hera says, fine. Uh, and so the fly goes away. Io is turned back into a human woman. Uh, and again, with the delayed birth thing, her child is born. Um, mm. And so that that's mostly the story of Io. Um, the really interesting thing about Io and Perseus is that Io is Perseus's ancestor. So she's like his she's like his six times great grandmother. Um, so you know, in the actual world of myth, the funny thing about it is that Zeus is Perseus's father, but he's also Perseus's like six times great grandfather because he's nice. Io started all this right. right. Yeah. For our purposes for this movie, the fact that Io is Perseus's great grandmother is pretty gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it feels like this family tree is looping around one too many times. Yeah. yeah. We got some diamonds yeah. in the family tree, which is it's not what you want. In the yeah, it's tree. not the not the shape that they should take. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Um I just have one more thing that I want to say about Io and then I think we should mm-hmm. talk about the movie. Um but, uh, and this one more thing is to do with the play. So this play Prometheus found that's from 5th century Athens uh, by this guy named Aeschylus. He's generally considered to be the father of Greek tragedy. He wasn't the first Greek tragedian, but he's the first one whose plays, we, like we actually have some of his plays fully intact. Um, mm, okay. And he's credited with like different innovations of how Greek theater worked at this time. Um, but uh, in this play, um, Io shows up uh, in the Caucasus Mountains, she's been driven here, and she's like, it's it's one of those things, again, it's like, it's really tragic, it's also really funny, and like a, a moment of levity in this tragic play, uh, because like, obviously, Io is miserable. She's not fully in her right mind anymore, after all of these things mm-hmm. have happened to her, and she's like, in constant pain from this fly that's biting her, um... So, but it's still really funny because her speech is like constantly interrupted by she's trying to like have a conversation and then ah ah oh I'm being stung ah oh ah. <laughs> and so and it's like it's like written out in the play that like one whole line will just be like ah ah eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other funny thing about this is that one of the different Greek words that's used in laments and like wailing like this is yo. Mm-hmm which is her name. Like, it's spelled the same way as her name. So she's, like, yelling her Excellent. own name in Lament. <laughs> Excellent. Which is Fuck. just amazing to me. It's and good. Then, yeah, and then she just, like, wanders off in the middle of conversation with Prometheus. Like, she tells him her side of the story and what's happened to her. Prometheus tells her, uh, you know, he's gifted with, with foresight. So he says, here's all the places you're going to go. And when you get here, like when you get to Egypt, everything's finally going to be okay. Um, and she like doesn't respond at all. She's just like, ah, dang, bitten again. And like wanders off. And that's that's the <laughs> end of her time on stage. <laughs> Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, so those are our myths. Um, yes. Yeah. So maybe we should talk about the fact that in this movie, uh, Perseus wants to bang his great grandmother. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I'm stuck on that one, if I'm honest. I was just parsing that sort of while we were talking about things. Yeah. And uh, that one's pretty challenging. Um, yeah, and it's, okay, so I, question about the original myth. So. Yeah. Perseus and Andromeda were in fact, I mean, they were, they were, I'm making hand gestures. They were a couple, right? Or yes. like a love interest? Okay, so the fact that this movie has abandoned that is is pretty buck wild. It is. It's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, it's it, you know, it's not a star-crossed lover's story like the original Clash of Titans sure. did that mm-hmm. to be. But they do get married after he rescues her. And like half the reason he goes down and rescues her in the first place is because he like, because she's so beautiful and he notices that. He's like, I think yeah. I'll help you. Um so yeah, they have completely scrapped that story. Yeah. It's it's so wild how much this movie kind of wipes its ass with the original. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, because there there is the scene early on where he seems to grab the exact same prop of Bubo. Yep. Uh, and it's like, hey, uh, maybe. And then I think Mads Mikkelsen, who is here beyond any sort of logic, uh, and it's like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. We don't need that. That's trash. Yeah. It's just... Why? Yeah. The way I describe this movie to Sam is like... It's like 15 different people played the game Telephone with the original Mm -hmm. script. Where someone's like, there's a mechanical owl. And by the time you got to the last person, they're like, I don't know, there's like a weird golden owl in a trunk somewhere. And so they wrote it into the script. Or like, hey, Andromeda's the love interest. By the time we got to the last person, they were like, fucking Io. Bring her in here. Um, yeah. And, That's an and, excellent Andromeda's, way. Yeah. Andromeda's floating around, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think my favorite example of this is... Um, isn't his name Charybdos? Isn't that his name? Calabos? Calabos. Calabos, yeah. Calabos, yeah. yeah thank you. Because, uh, um, and we talked about him last time. There's there's no mythological basis for him at all, right? Nope, none okay. whatsoever. Okay. Because I love that they they concocted this entity for the first Clash of the Titans. And then for this one, they were like, well, we have to include him. Like, out of all the things we ditched from the original, like, no, no, he must remain. Um Yeah. But they also yeah. fucked up his story too. <laughs> like uh-huh. <laughs> they, yeah, they like it, it was like they somebody. I I love this like image of somebody playing telephone with this plot in order to come up with this movie because that is the only way to make sense of this too. You know, like yeah, some some somebody rightly said, "Oh, Thetis didn't have a son named Calabas. Thetis's son is Achilles." Like this, we need to not have this part in there. And somebody said, "Oh, great." And then that first person said, what we do need is to have somebody be punished by Zeus and turned into Calabas. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. No, you just, you don't need him. You've got the giant fucking scorpions. You don't need yeah. Calabas. <laughs> yeah, but Sarah, they could finally show once and for all the scientific fact that when you get struck by lightning, you get very strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all know this. We all know you get struck by lightning, you get super strength. Yeah, you were very, you were very adamant about that during the like from the get go. Guy gets uh, struck by lightning and throws the big, big, heavy chest into the ocean, and you immediately, Sam said, "Oh, that's because he has lightning strength." Well, <laughs> Luke, once again, we all know correlation does in fact equal causation. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I'm not making this up. Yeah, oh, this man. is just fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's some initial ponderings for me. What do you, what sticks out to you guys? What do you all sort of notice in this, uh, in this pretty incredible reimagining of Clash of the Titans? I think the weirdest part of this for me is the sort of uh, Christianization of ancient religion. Hmm. that's happened in this Ooh. movie with like please say more the, so the like the reason the gods are so upset is because human beings are turning into atheists mm-hmm. and it's yes. like it's not the same sort of like being upset about atheism as a lot of people imagine like a Christian god being you know where he's just like sad because mm-hmm. he wants to love you or whatever um, like there there is some you know, there is some basis in ancient um, religious ideas that, like, the gods need humans to make sacrifices for them, right? This is part of how they are fueled. Um, but atheism was, like, not really a thing in the ancient world. Like, even people hmm. who weren't particularly respectful of the gods mm-hmm. or, like, into religious rites were still kind of scared of them like they they still thought they existed they just didn't necessarily care a whole lot you know yeah like true atheism was not really a thing and especially not like atheism being associated with like wickedness in the way that this movie does it um Mm -hmm. like that feels very sort of like christian morality to me 
um, mm, which is okay. just like it's such a weird way to like filter Greek religion because um, mm-hmm. that's not how it works. Like there's uh, like this is how seriously they took it. Like like Socrates is executed right in Athens in the mm-hmm. um, like beginning of the fourth century, and one of the charges against him is atheism, and mm. he denies it. But, like, this is a serious enough charge to get you, like, brought before the assembly of the whole city and executed. It's, like, not really oh, a thing, you know? And, and Socrates himself is saying, no, I do think the gods exist. Just, like, not the way you mm-hmm. think they do, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, it, it, this this sort of, like, not only atheism in the ancient world, but, like, atheism being associated with, like, evil behavior is super strange to me. Um, and I just don't yeah. really know what to do with it. Cause it sort of underlies the whole like human attitude in this movie. Yeah. It does get really confusing, uh, because Luke and I really struggled to suss out what was happening because they would say like, we want to kill the gods. We're at war with the gods, which from what you're saying didn't happen. Um, and was not really even a viewpoint. And then they would, and then randomly again, Mads Mikkelsen. I, I he must <laughs> I have know. been paid a lot. <laughs> I hope so. Um, For the sake of his dignity, just, <laughs> right? It's just like take the gifts from the gods, and, yeah. and it's just it's so fucking confusing. Yeah, yeah. It was I, pretty. The flip flop between the two positions from everybody involved, like even because there's the king whose name I forget. Uh, who uh, says the whole bit about we'll kill the gods, etc. Mm-hmm. But then Hades shows up. Old uh, Rafe Fiennes shows up because he's here as well. Big round of applause, yeah. everybody, for Rafe Fiennes. <laughs> um, shows up, and then all of a sudden their tune changes, which I guess, I don't know, to your point, Sarah, about atheism, I guess if Hades shows up at your door, and threatens to murder you and kills a whole bunch of your soldiers. Maybe you would change your tune a little bit, but they don't, I don't know. They don't ever really dwell on that or explain it at all. But all of a sudden they're a little less gung ho. It seems about yeah. killing the gods. So I don't know. And to your point about the Christianization of it, there's very much the like Zeus is God. Hades is Satan mm-hmm. kind of dichotomy here that, is also sort of perplexing to me because that's not a thing. No, no. And like the uh, the underworld is the underworld, but it's not mm-hmm. hell. Everybody mm-hmm. goes there. Everybody. And it's not a punishment. You just like you. There are there are a few people who are named as having punishments in the underworld because they did like truly heinous things. And you Mm -hmm. know, if the gods decide you need to be punished for all eternity, uh, it must be really terrible because of the way they act. Um, But like we can count them on one hand, you know, everybody else just goes and it's like a slightly less cool version of being alive. You're just like Mm. sort of there. Um, I had a, um, this is a, I had a professor in graduate school who described it as like, the um the afterlife in sort of like late judaic and early christian thought and then also like ancient greek thought as like it's like nebraska kind of sucks it's not the worst Uh, you're just there uh yeah (laughs) so yeah and like hades was uh i mean he's you know he rules the dead so like that's scary but um like his his latin name is pluto and this well this is a Mm -hmm. greek name this comes from a greek word right the name pluto is associated with him which means riches. So Hades is, is believed to be under the earth. And so he is then the source of all the riches that grow out of the earth. Like you don't get your mm. wonderful crops without Hades down below. So he's respected and he's, you know, he gets his due in terms of like sacrifices. Yeah. So yeah, the whole like Hades as Satan thing is also super weird. Yeah. yeah. And d- does he hate Zeus? I mean, Are they not, beefing? He's not Zeus's biggest fan. Um, right. There, so it's been a long time since I read any Hesiod. Um, and even longer since I enjoyed it. Uh, so <laughs> I'm a little fuzzy on the details. But I do 
the way I remember this going is that um, Zeus and Poseidon and Hades cast lots. So they roll dice, basically, to see who's going to get to rule over the sky, who's going to get the ocean, and who's going to get the underworld. Um, mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, Zeus kind of rigs it so that mm-hmm. he'll get the he'll get heaven. Um, I don't remember if he rigs it specifically so that Hades will get the dead. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> but he does he does rig it in his own favor. Um, so like that's not great. But uh, like none of the other Olympians really rebel against him in any real way because gotcha. like their their stability as a group depends on Zeus's stability as ruler. Like the Olympians, okay. the Olympians are not the first generation of gods um, to rule, and it's been like it was like it's like a very violent trajectory to then get the olympians to rule so everybody's okay with the status quo because it means there's not craziness going on gotcha Gotcha. okay okay um yeah yeah, i just it's a it's a real weird movie the thing that also got me was that the gods are shown to be in like plate mail like like medieval armor yeah i'm not sure what's up with that i'm gonna shut my door all the way hang on all right. Sorry, my dog likes to invade, and he opens the door, but then he doesn't close it. So, <laughs> <laughs> she's very anxious to learn some classics. The Stagos, what a so. studious Stago. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. The gods' outfits are pretty funky. Yeah, because they they just wear like togas, right? Like norm, like I mean, in their yes, depictions, yeah, yeah, uh, or whatever the uh, chitin, I guess, is is what Greeks wore. Um, but yeah, they just sort of wear like normal, normal flowy clothing. Mm. Athena wears armor. Ares right. wears armor. Nobody else really wears armor. No. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just so weird. Yeah. It's all so weird. Yeah. I also. Why is the Kraken associated with Hades in this? Why why is Ray Fiennes walking around like he's part crow? And why does I... Ray Fiennes say Kraken? <laughs> <laughs> A good question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have to say though, uh, even as Hades walking mm-hmm. around as a crow. Mm-hmm. Ray Fiennes is so hot. <laughs> Sarah. He's a sexy man. <laughs> you, so I will grant you in a in a normal circumstance, sure, but when you say it in regards to this movie, you know I'm going to ask some questions. <laughs> I mean, that's Cause, fair. Because in this, he, he is balding and looks like he hasn't left his mother's basement since the fucking Truman administration. (laughs) And he's walking around like a crow and he mama birds fire into Calabas, not Calabas. He says, Crockin, what is hot about the man in this movie? Oh, I think it's the voice and the piercing gaze. Mm. He's looking right through me. Yeah, both of those are intact. Can verify. They are there. That is true, for sure. I guess I would have to say, though, like, if I had to choose just one, Liam Neeson is the most fuckable of this movie. Mm. In the the movie? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not going for for a Luke Evans, who's playing Apollo? I think he's supposed to be Apollo, but he has, like, one line. It's like, what's the point of you? Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm a big sucker for Liam Neeson. Yeah. Who we Luke were discussing I, this, yeah, um, because I have a pet peeve with not Liam Neeson, but it, it's a it's a pet peeve related to Liam Neeson, which is that outside of Irish historical films like Michael Collins, where he played Michael Collins, the man does yeah. not get to use his accent, his actual it is Irish really accent. Frustrating. Yes, although I will concede, Irish Zeus is maybe a portrayal of Zeus that the world's not ready for. That one would be quite challenging. So you're wrong, Luke. Absolutely, <laughs> I am so wrong ready that. for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I will dispute that until I fucking die. All I need, all I need, Luke, is Irish Zeus. Yeah, Irish Zeus would be pretty. It would be a bold aesthetic statement. 
uh, from the yeah. the people involved in making this movie. And I think maybe it could have it could have been interesting. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they made movie. a lot of other bold choices with this yeah. movie. So. I mean, <laughs> shit, man. They gave us Australian Perseus. Yes, yes, they did, which is fucking phenomenal because that's another pet peeve is that Australians never get to be Australian in movies either. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so we if we get Australian Perseus, we should get uh, 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 Irish Zeus. Yeah, like, that that's, could add the rules. That would add to the conflict too, I think. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it would make some sense too, historically, as his progenitor, like Irish Zeus, leading to Australian Perseus. Like I don't know, there's some connectivity there. So. Yeah. They work. weren't brave enough to give us that, but... Um, no. Yeah, it's okay. Perseus has, like, maybe 15 lines in the whole movie anyway, so it, it didn't yeah. super super come up with him. Yeah. It's just... And his... <laughs> of those 15 lines, like, four of them are repeated, right? With, everyone I love was <laughs> killed by a god, and then, I'll do this as a man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's so awful it's pretty mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty bad um <sighs> it, like there's there's another character who's with the group and he uh i i don't even know what his fucking name is either in the movie or as as a real person but he says at one point that he saw the djinn when he was with the legion Oh the yeah! Fuck! Legions are Roman. We're not. We're yeah. not two legions yet. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck is this shit?" It really oh. is just telephone. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Also, like, I don't think the Greeks had any concept of gins. No, Boy, I. At least I not don't that I know. know of. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is this is something I did a little research on afterwards, and definitely, I mean, I am no. Uh, I don't know anything. I don't know my ass from from anything, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, from what I read on Wikipedia, this is primarily a Islamic and like pre-Islamic, like Arabic cultural concept, jinn. So the fact that jinn are here is pretty pretty insane. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. like we said, telephone. Somebody somebody along the line accidentally just like fucked up and was like ah, and then jinn. And the next person went, Jin, love it, yes. And then uh, yes. so on and so forth. Yeah. 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 And then I I have I have two more questions. So we we've kind of hinted at do the Greeks don't really have like a concept of like sin, do they? Uh not in not with the like religious overtones that sin has for us. No. Mm. Okay. Um, there's good and evil. There's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's like blood crimes, I think, are probably as close as you'll get to a concept of sin because there are, you know, there are these deities, the Fury, the Furies who haunt you until you atone for your blood right, crimes. Yes. Right. Um, but yeah, there's, there's not this sort of like you have sinned and now the gods will punish you sort of mentality mm. okay because we get that a lot in this yeah. yeah people say like stuff about sinning a lot so much about sinning and it's just icky weird and then the other is uh again in your words the very fuckable liam neeson says on more than one occasion <laughs> liam neeson if you're listening <laughs> please come visit me <laughs> Visit uh, all three the, of us. Fuck. Well, don't just hoard yeah, Liam Neeson. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, come on. Share. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the very fuckable Liam Neeson says that he created humans, like, several times. Hmm. Is, did Zeus make people? Yes. Hmm. Yes. Uh, okay. So... I'm going to go read more about this and report back next time. 
but okay. uh, I think yes. Um, there are like multiple generations of people that mm, okay. I think that Zeus creates, or he at least created, you know, some of the early ones. Um, but there's uh, in Hesiod, there's you know, there's all the generations of the gods. And then we get to the Olympians and we're stable on the gods. And then they create this like race of men from gold. So we have the golden Mm -hmm. age of men and those guys are great. And then we get silver age and then we get bronze age and then we get heroes, which is like um, these, you know, demigods um, ending Mm -hmm. with the Trojan war, basically era. And then the last age of men is like the one that we're currently in. Say, say gotcha. And I think, if I'm remembering right, each of those generations is created by Zeus and then destroyed by Zeus. Um, mm, okay. But yeah, I need to check on that. Okay. Word. Uh, do y'all have anything else uh, from this uh, full blown bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me check. I feel like I did have maybe one more thing. Oh, oh, this is one thing um, that I don't think they meant to do this, but I like it because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think they were necessarily I don't think anyone really did any research for this movie, so they wouldn't have known. Um, <laughs> but uh, in this version of uh, Perseus's birth, Perseus's mother is the queen and Zeus disguises himself as her husband in order mm-hmm. to sleep with her. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, which is not how Perseus was born, but that is how Heracles was born. Oh, okay. Zeus's mortal parents are Amphitryon and his mother's Alcmene. And Zeus, when Amphitryon is off, I think on like a hunting trip, um, Zeus disguises himself as Amphitryon and goes and spends like three days in bed with Alcmene. Uh, Damn. All right. And yeah, and then he then he leaves, and uh, Amphitryon, the real Amphitryon, comes home and is like, "Hey, baby, can we have welcome home sex?" And she's like, "We already, we did that already, uh, <laughs> but okay." So, <laughs> so uh, Heracles is a twin. Uh, he's the divine one. He's the Zeus spawn, and then his twin is the mortal spawn um, of real Amphitryon, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody on this movie actually did research to know that that was a thing that Zeus did was disguising himself as a husband. But um, oh, it is kind of fun not. when like one myth pops up in the in like a version of another one. Sure, especially when we do get a scene of a very CGI Liam Neeson ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which I, I don't know about you. I did pause the movie to just sort of take all of that in. Yeah. Not only did you pause it, but you explained to me that in the Siegel household. This is how it's done. So as you were rewinding, I did get a spiel about how (laughs) all nudity must be respected by freezing the frame on it, specifically. Yeah, to be be clear, uh, this is only when I watch movies for podcasts. Mm. Um, (laughs) So you say. When I'm just normally watching a movie, I I just let it go. Uh, If it's for the podcast, I'm going to try to figure out, is that very fuckable Liam Neeson's actual ass. Um, it, I'm sorry to say it was not. Yeah. This time. Yeah, it not was this not. time. But, you know, um, it gives us something to, to think about. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, I, we're going long, but I have one kind of, kind of bigger question that maybe we can return to again later. But yeah. it, okay. it's really, it's entertaining to me that this, series of movies and well i guess we'll continue to see what they do with it but has kind of created its own myth like by creating new people and new elements and stuff so what what is myth can we consider this to be its own mythos or Ooh. yeah like how do we define myth and like yeah as as a thing that we study oh that oh. is the 64 dollar question Mm, I wonder. <laughs> I did wonder. <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally like the question that like professors will ask on the first and last day of the semester, <laughs> kind mm. of question, you know, to see how your understanding yeah. changes. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, this is the this is the, probably the most charitable way to view this movie is like with the understanding that myth is flexible and mm-hmm. myth is in the telling, right? And so uh, things get mixed up and there are different versions of stories. Um, mm. even, you know, even what we talked about today, you know, there's different versions of what happened to Io um, and then what happens with her descendants afterwards. So, yeah, I mean, they have created their own little like alternate myth world with this. Nice. Yeah. I think that's a a lovely way to view what is objectively a pretty terrible movie. Uh, I think it's a nice <laughs> yeah. little with icing kind of way to view it. And I adore it. Yeah, it is it is the most charitable charitable way to view this and I think that's a great note to leave this movie on. Yes. I think you're um, right. <laughs> and and so it is with both fear and excitement that that uh, we look forward to next week where we will be watching 2000 or not next week next time god damn it. Uh, <laughs> where we'll be watching 2012's Wrath of the Titans and it, we none of us have seen this, right? Nope. Nope. Oh God. Okay, I'm God scared. help us. <laughs> At least Liam Neeson will be there. I hope. That's true. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, folks. Until then, uh, you can find us on Facebook at Greased Lightning Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Greased Light, and that's G R E E C E D, like the country. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Greased Lightning Pod, and you can uh, send us an email at GreasedLightningPod at gmail.com. And uh, we, any any last words from either of you? Hmm. Nope. Bubo's still my favorite character. Fair. <laughs> uh, the, the star of this movie. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, folks, thanks for listening to another episode of Greased Lightning, and we'll be back next time with uh, Wrath of the Titans.